What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-hosts Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we have made it to the conclusion of the regular season of the NFL uh, in 2022. Jack is back in the United States uh, after his two-week trip to Brazil. Uh, he did, I mean, he... he True dedication. He was on the podcast uh, while on the trip, so working off the clock. Uh, we appreciate his dedication, but he's back in his in uh, his home state of Florida. And um, yeah, I mean, how are you guys feeling? Uh, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there's there's an elephant in the room that we're going to get to in a second. Um, but you know, putting that aside, if if you can for a second. Other than that, how are you guys? How are you guys doing? We good. Yeah, no no complaints over here. It's nice to have Jack back. It it it, it really Thanks. feels like he's home, and he is home. It's good. Thank you. Yeah. But as I prefaced, um, I I have a little I have a, I wrote some stuff down, so um, I'm gonna say my thing here, and then you guys can comment on it. Um, cause I'm sure you have stuff to say as well. Um, but I'm sure by now all of you listening have either seen or been aware of the, uh, the events that happened on Monday Night Football. Um, by the time you're hearing this probably three days ago, but the time of recording two days ago, um, DeMar Hamlin, uh, defensive back for the Bills, uh, collapsed on the field just about 10 minutes into the first quarter, um, and required on-field CPR and uh, was rushed to the University of Cincinnati Hospital. Um, as of now, there have been, from what I've seen, some slightly positive updates, um, but nothing concrete regarding his health and well-being. Uh, and I, I don't really anticipate that we'll get any updates, at least for a couple more days. This seems like it's something that's going to, you know, go on for like a week or so. Um and I just wanted to take this time to just urge everyone listening um, just to use this as a reminder not to take anything for granted um, and make sure that you cherish everything in your life and everyone in your life. And uh, we really we really aren't guaranteed tomorrow. And I know it's hard to have that perspective, but it really is true. And when we're reminded of that, it can be uh, very scary 
so just remember to live your life in its fullest extent today. And um, as everyone's been saying across social media and all over the world, but please keep uh, DeMar and his family and his loved ones and the NFL community as well. Um, this, is, this affects them, you know, they, they go to work every day and, you know, it, it's a violent sport. So you never know what can happen. And just please keep all the people I just mentioned in your thoughts, prayers, and intentions uh, during this extremely difficult time. So, yeah, what, um, I don't even know if Jack saw it live. I don't think he did. You were probably on your flight at that time, right? Uh, I was just about to. So, like, I, once I heard, I, I looked it up, the play on YouTube or whatever, Twitter, and saw it, but did not see it live. The broadcast must have been very odd, I imagine. Yeah, it yeah. was It was very eerie. Um, and, uh, yeah, they just kept going to commercial. And, you know, you see these, I mean, obviously nothing like this, but you see players get taken off in a stretcher or whatnot, and maybe they'll go to commercial once or twice. And uh, at first I thought that may be it, but then unfortunately it took a turn for the worse. And uh, you realize that it was something bigger than that. Um, but if you guys have anything else to say and kind of your thoughts on it, um, I know it, it maybe even affects you even. It hits a little bit closer to home considering he was a uh, hit football. I think he was a captain, right? His uh, last yeah, year captain. there. So yeah. Yeah. considering all of that, um, and you guys watched him play for multiple years, um, you can... Share your thoughts if if you would like. Yeah, um, you. I feel like you you covered everything pretty well. Um, it was definitely like a, a very like eye opening moment. Like it was one for me. It was one of those things where like it it's it's crazy. Like it made me kind of think about it. Like throughout the last couple of days of like when the injury first happened, I they went to commercial break. I just like went on my phone, and then they came back from commercial break, and everyone was still kind of huddled around. And for like, I mean, for, I'm sure for everyone, it was just, I was still on my phone, just like, oh, like he, like you assume like, oh, like I, this looks like, he, like head injury, like he, he's down, but like, they'll get the stretcher out. He'll be okay. Like even in that situation, I was like, oh, like it's, you know, this is normal. And it, it's crazy now that we're Pat, like that we've seen this happen, like how normalized that kind of stuff has become. And uh, it, I'm sure it was eye opening for us, but especially for the players too. I mean, you could see it on their faces after everything happened, like just no, no thoughts, no, no thoughts about football in that moment. So very eye opening and very scary. Um, like you said, it seems like somewhat positive updates so far, um, but nothing concrete yet. But going back to Pittsburgh, like I, uh, we obviously saw him play for a couple of years. Uh, I, I didn't quite know the extent of like his ties to Pittsburgh. I knew he was from there, but I, I never really knew the story about like, having all these bigger time offers and choosing Pitt because of his, because of his brother and kind of wanting uh, the kids from his area to have like that hero that he, that he said that he never really had growing up. So that's like the coolest thing ever. It, it's, it sucks that this is the way that we have to find out about these things, obviously. Um, but I mean, if we want to, if we want to end this on kind of a more positive note, obviously the, the toy drive I think is up to 5 million, something like that now. Um, so once again, like it, I mean, obviously the reasoning for all these things is not good whatsoever, and uh, obviously praying for him and everyone involved. But uh, it it was 
oddly like a we like a it was oddly a good night for like humanity i'd say i thought the people on espn did like a very good job of covering it the best they could and obviously there were a few things that got uh hashed out over social media due to some tweets that i feel like we don't even need to bother talking about but uh overall i thought i, th- I thought it was handled with a lot of a lot of class uh <clears throat> i agree with Shreff. i don't need to echo too much of what he said but i we watched him throughout his whole college at least our college career and a, whatever three of his seasons at Pitt. um and he was a player that I personally liked, that we all liked. He was a really good player, and not many would have known really known who he is if you're not a Pitt football fan. Um, but I honestly, I knew he was from Pittsburgh, but I didn't know like too much about his character until yeah, this. Either, and um, it's, he just couldn't be a better person than who he is so it it sucks that i mean it sucks to happen to anyone especially him um just wish him the best absolutely um so yeah i mean honestly for the it really it affected a, a lot of people and and for me like i i just i don't know like i i mean i'm sure you guys too you you feel this as well but you I mean, I think about football like a lot, like throughout the day, like, you know, it's, and in my free time, I'm like looking at, I look at mock drafts, like for the NFL draft, I'm looking at the playoff scenarios and and I, even in the summer, obviously you guys know, and anyone who listens know I do like fantasy football mock drafts. Like it's, it's, it really takes over all of my free time and, um, and whatnot. And the past two days, like it just, it didn't really feel the same to be honest and maybe it'll take some i don't know hopefully some good news with this situation to bring me out of it or kind of just getting this in back in the swing of things of us talking about the games this weekend uh to kind of snap out of it but it's just it's been a really weird feeling so um yeah but um i guess we can proceed um I know this isn't something that we planned on talking about in this episode today, but I feel like we should talk about this as well. And again, I'm not, I don't really know the extent of what Jack got to see and what he did, uh, what he did and did not get to see. Uh, but I wanted to bring up the college football playoff. I know we don't have to go into super detail about it, but. Just oh, I watched of, both of these games. Yeah. You did. Okay. But yeah, I mean, they were clearly, they were fantastic. Awesome. I mean, the first game between TCU, TCU and Michigan you have a, I think it was 21 to six at halftime. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, TCU was up and then Michigan comes back. And uh, yeah, it was just an unbelievable game. TCU um, pulls it out at the end, though. They were, I think they were seven point underdogs, something like that. Yeah. Yep. Pretty sure. Maybe seven and a half or something like that. But yeah, it was something along those lines. They went at 51 to 45. Uh, Max Duggan, four total touchdowns, did have a couple picks, but uh, as he has shown all season, I mean, he is as tough as they come at the collegiate level right now, and yeah, they're they're going against, I guess, the second game. I don't know, you guys can, if you have any thoughts on this game, you can you can share, but uh, 
yeah, I, I, I was very pleased. It was, it was fan, it was great. I didn't realize till after because I heard it on a podcast or read it on Twitter or something, but the game winning kick, well, the game losing kick in the Ohio State Georgia game, they snapped it in 2022 and the play was over in 2023. I didn't realize that because where I was, it was two hours ahead. So, like, it was two in the morning, but then I, that's just crazy. It happened like that. I don't know. Funny or fun anecdote. I was, yeah. um, yeah, go I, ahead. I was I was gonna say I was with a bunch of guys for the game, so I it would have I I would love to hear like stories of people who were at uh, co-ed New Year's parties, and there was one TV. I would have I would have loved to see some uh, some arguments about about how that looked for that. Um, but uh, I mean, it, like, couldn't have asked for more. And it, it in a way, it kind of stinks because it's like, how can the championship live up to these two games? Like, I don't. I don't really see much of a feasible way that it can, but like, like couldn't have been better. Um, I love TCU. Like it, it, it's fun as as someone who I mean, obviously Jack and I are are, are Pitt fans, and Mitchell as as a Rutgers fan. Like, you don't really get to like experience something on like that level. Like you, you know, you'll get like the AC championship game like we got, but like that's a whole new level. And a couple years, you'll get like this fourth team that sneaks in that everyone's like. Nope, like they're they're gonna get in, get right out. Like it'll be it'll be like that, and they I feel like proved a lot of people wrong. I feel like a lot of people were on Michigan for that one. Not even that though. A lot of people wanted Alabama. Not a lot, but there is yeah. a crowd of people that wanted Alabama in there in place of TCU. Yeah. So it was it was it was very nice to see them just kind of prove everyone wrong on that one. Like yeah, they're like living Pitt's dream of last year. If like Pitt didn't lose to Western Michigan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you guys said you got to experience ACC championship. I'm never going to experience anything like that uh, as a Rutgers football fan. Never so. say never, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe when I'm dead, but maybe or maybe it's the Big Ten just changes. I don't know. Maybe if yeah, maybe oh if yeah, like, like it's going to get any easier in the in the Big Ten. But maybe well, maybe not conference with two teams. Yeah, you you're gonna have to wait till like. In ten years, like once the conference, the conferences are just no longer exist or something like that. Like, I'm gonna be a geriatric old man. That's what's gonna happen. That maybe, maybe then. And Greg Shiano uh, the coach. What was that? I said, and Greg Shiano will still be the coach. Yeah, you're fine. Maybe I'll have to be the coach. I'll have to take it over yeah. and uh, right the ship. But uh, yeah, the championship is on Monday. Georgia is. Uh, from what I'm looking at, 12 and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. But uh, TCU has made it this far, so you never know. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sheref, mm-hmm. this may be <laughs> the first installment of Eagles Rant of the Week. It really is. We've had to replace it with Meat Rant of the Week. We've had very tame Eagles Rants of the Week. The Eagles talk of the week, it's mostly been. It's yeah, just, the Eagles discourse of the week for the yeah, past four yeah. months. It's been E-dub. But we have finally arrived. The, Saint, uh, the Eagles were defeated by the New Orleans Saints on Sunday with a chance to wrap up the division and home field advantage throughout the NFC side of the bracket. They 
failed to do so 20 to 10. I was just verifying the final score there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm part, I mean, I'll let you go first, but I have my own Eagles rant of the week too. Uh, but you can go first. The floor is all yours. Yeah, this is this. I didn't want this day to come. I figured it was going to, I didn't want it to. Um, word of the day is, uh, is, is Ugg. Stug. Ugg. Um, the I word they would be poopy. That'd be yeah, my poop. There, there was a lot of words running through my head, but at the end of it, it was just like a uh, one of those. So that's what we threw out there. Um, first bullet point I have is not fun at all. Um, the next bullet point I have is uh, this loss. I'm I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna touch on everything here. Overall, this is certainly a, a, a on the coaches, just the the coaching staff in general. Um, I know we'll look, and obviously the Saints. Saints offense wasn't like doing anything crazy. Um, but if you were watching the game and watching play by play, the, the defense is kind of what what I would say kind of got the ball rolling in terms of how this game went. Um, Saints, I believe, on the first drive went like I think took like maybe eight eight minutes off the clock, eight or nine minutes, something like that, finished with a score. Um, just dominated time of possession. I have it right here. First quarter time of possession was 12 minutes and 52 seconds to two minutes and eight seconds. Not, not helpful. Not good. Um, don't have the numbers on this, but it felt like they were converting on every single third down. Uh, and then the main issue, which I've kind of, I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but it's become a little bit of a trend with this defense is we know that the pass rush has been unreal this year, like best in the league, arguably when they can't quite get that pressure early on in the game, it, it gets bad because as much as I love Darius Slay and James Bradbury, when they get kind of left on these islands, when the pressure isn't getting there, it doesn't go too well. And we saw examples of that pretty much throughout the entire game on Sunday. Um, just as soon as the, they weren't able to really get to Dalton, it was just completion after completion. I don't, I don't remember how many, he might've been like 13 of 13 at one point, something like something along those lines, like something just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, the defense, the defense was one thing was not happy with it but i in the second half they they put the eagles in a position to win so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna harp on them too much the first half was ugly second half i thought they kind of turned it around offense not fun not good bad um i'll start with the quarterback garner Minshew. uh came back to reality i think we'll say a little bit um 18 to 32 274 yards a touchdown and a pick doesn't look that bad on paper, especially for a backup QB. Um, also, pick six, correct? Pick six and a bad and a real bad one, a real bad one. Um, yeah, like it, um, uh, a lot of people on Twitter I saw like kind of jumped right on like the like directly onto the see like ever, like trying to do like almost like a victory lap of like see this is why Hurts like is better because that was obviously a bit of a conversation after the Dallas game. I'm not gonna jump on that too much because like it. I mean, if, if you watch this team, like it like you know it's it's a different team with these two guys in here like it's just it's never going to be the same part of that is the running ability of hurts but then kind of what what i saw more with gardner was just like he was very content with like not trying to make plays like that's the one thing with hurts this year that i've been really impressed with is like he's been careful with the ball but he's also been very good at picking when to when to kind of force a throw maybe a little bit if he feels like he has a matchup that he likes or maybe he like just feels confident in a certain type of throw. He's like, I can fit this anywhere. Minshew, once again, backup, so I'm not going to harp on him too much. But like, 
it, there was a clear there was a clear lack of like aggression when it came to those throws, and it resulted in a in a bunch of sacks. I don't I I think the Saints ended up with like with like six or seven on them. Yeah, I just um, looked six. And I think most of those were in the first, like all in the first half, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. But yeah, it was you could tell he was just he was off his game the entire time. He didn't he didn't seem comfortable at all the entire game. Um, even with all that though, we'll 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 give it a little bit of a positive. The receivers are still just doing their thing. Devontae Smith nine catches, 115 yards. AJ four for 97, including that very long touchdown. Um, we'll give them their flowers. But then uh, Miles Sanders again. And when I say Miles Sanders, I don't mean like boo Miles Sanders. I mean boo this offense. Like I this is I've we've had a lot of like fun conversations about the Eagles that, that, uh, so far this year, but I feel like a constant that I've kind of harped on once in a while is that they get in these zones where they just refuse to run the ball. They just don't do it and they like forget that it exists. And like when you're playing bad team, obviously like that I don't think the Saints are a very good team, but they they have good good pass defense. That's like kind of what they've been hanging their hat on most of the time this year. But like, especially once once they get up against like a, a Dallas or a San Fran or someone like that, like this 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 pass heavy offense and like coming out like coming out of the gates like first second quarter just like throw after throw after throw like these these teams that have good defenses are gonna figure it out very quickly and it, it's gonna put you in a hole early. And especially for a team that's this good at running the ball. Lane Johnson not playing like that, like, like he's your best pass protector. Like that's where he wins. Like why? Like it, it just, it baffles my mind that backup QB, no Lane Johnson in your lineup. And you, I think they ran the ball like twice in the first half against the saints. Like it, it's like, it's one of the oldest things that like people say, but like the run, the run really does set up the pass. It, it legitimately does. And they finally figured it out a little bit in the second half, but obviously turnovers and stuff then made that irrelevant. But yeah, it was overall just a very frustrating coaching performance for me overall. Like I can blame the players all you want, but like backup QB, like you knew what this game was going to be. Like you weren't going to be able to just throw the ball all over them all game and just beat them by 30 like they've done with other teams. It just, it was never going to work that way. They seemed to think it was going to work like that. Um, I don't know if you guys want to talk about like playoff implications going into this week. Obviously, this is going to be a weird one because they are in the playoffs. But if they want the one seed, they're probably going to want to play their starters. Haven't announced anything on Jalen yet, so I uh, at this point I don't even know what I want them to do with that because if he's still like legit hurt, then I'd rather than not play him. But at the same time, like, and he's been out for a month before the playoffs. Uh, yeah, so like I'm not I'm not sitting here and saying that I'm like completely panicked, but it, it's. This team, this team isn't going into the playoffs looking like the team I was hoping to see. Yeah, that's a uh, pretty fair breakdown. And uh, I guess the one silver lining you can say is, I mean, not by the Eagles doing, but by the Bucks winning, uh, y- you rule out the possibility that the Saints draft pick, which is Philadelphia's, Yes. Uh, is in the twenties. So yeah, and it, it's actually it's funny with that because that was that was kind of one of the main storylines going into the game too was like the draft pick part of it. They went into the game with the tenth pick, I believe, and due to whatever whoever won, whoever lost, they still have the tenth pick. So that oh, didn't well. even, so that didn't even end up affecting anything, and they will not be making the playoffs. So that's certainly a plus. Jack, did you have something to say? Um, just a few things. Um, with, with 
that I wanted to comment on from what Treff said. You mentioned the pass rush. Uh, was it Sweat that got hurt? Yes, Sweat hurt. And what's the extent of his injury? Um, I knew it wasn't it, his his neck, so I feel like his that's neck. He went to the hospital, got released yeah. that 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 same day. Um, he was in the facility today, not practicing, obviously, but whatever it is, like he he's there and like walking around. So and Sirianni commented he did. He made it sound like Sweat was going to be like like begging him to play. So whatever it is, it could be maybe like another week, but whatever it is, it, it sounds like they would probably rest him and then be good to go for whatever playoff game they end up with. Okay. And then also, so not serious. and then also Lane Johnson's injury, like what's his status going forward? Is, that is, I, I don't know. It's, it's about the most classic Lane Johnson thing of all time. Uh, I forget whatever his injury even is right now. It's it, something, I don't know. One of, it could be one of like six different things, but Whatever it is, he needs. He's he's supposed to, or he's supposed to have surgery on something, but he decided that he's just gonna not get surgery until the season's over. So, basically, it seems like they're just gonna sit him, and then whatever, like I said, whatever, whether it's a wild card game or a or a divisional game, um, I guess he'll just play through the pain. <laughs> yeah, hmm. he's done that like seven different times. So it's, I mean, I don't know if it's really gonna make him that much worse, but I'm I'm hoping that. I'm hoping that he realize like I'm hoping that he's good enough to know that like he'll be able to step in and be like good enough to play. Do you think that the decision on playing Hurts will depend on what the Giants do with their starters? Um tough. I already saw I think they said I mean this is because of injuries, but I think they said Leonard Williams and uh Ojolari both won't be playing. Um so that's well, already Brian, a line off. Sorry to interrupt, but Brian Dable said that he won't, he doesn't intend to rest anyone. Yeah, he he said he doesn't intend to, but it's one of those things where like when you're when you're legit locked into a spot, it like I'd be shocked if they play the full game, depending on yeah. how it's going. But yeah, I, I I think right now where my head heads at is no matter what, assuming Hertz is like a hundred percent or at least like close enough to the point where you're not worried about him, like doing further damage to anything. I, I still think that the best way to do it would be to send him out there kind of like a preseason game, give him, give him a couple drives and just kind of let him work through his progressions and kind of see how he's looking. But I, I don't love the idea of a full game for him still just like, because I know, I know how much he likes to run the ball and I, I, I don't trust I don't trust this coaching staff right now enough for them to like game plan around that. I feel like they're still going to be like calling runs for him and stuff. So I don't know. I think, I think at the end of the day, getting into the playoffs, whether it's a wild card game or not is still like, if it ends up being a wild card, but everyone is healthy versus playing guys, more guys get hurt, but they win the game. Like I, I think I'd still rather take the, the wild card game. So if I'm if I'm weighing everything, I would say I would lean towards maybe just giving him a little bit of time, but nothing nothing serious. So my equals rant of the week is uh so I again it's not it was a ten dollar free bet before the season started. And I placed division winner parlay on the Bills, Bucks, and Eagles. Hmm. Eagles at the time because the Cowboys were favored, and that's I think it, the odds shifted as it got closer to the season. But at the time I placed this, at least 
the Eagles were plus 220 to win the East. So the $10 free pet gives me, uh, would give me 57. And I, I mean, I was really sweating the Bucks for a minute there, and luckily they came through. However, I mean, this whole entire year, I'm like, okay, the Eagles, that's, that's, I, I never even thought it was a possibility that, that it would come down to this. Yeah. And it's still looking like, I mean, the odds are they're still going to get it. I'd say there's probably like a 70 to 80% chance they'll still get the one seed. But the fact that it even has come down to week 18, when this should have been wrapped up at least last week, but maybe even the week before, is, uh, it's, I don't know. It, it's indicative I, of the health of the team and just yeah. the complete lack of momentum that they're going to be having going to the playoffs, which, I mean, for mine and sorry, Shref, but for mine and Jack's purposes as uh, the Eagles super fan haters, mm-hmm. uh, it's good, but mm-hmm. not for this free, supposedly free $57 I was supposed to be getting. So I, 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 I would say I'd be rooting for the Eagles. I think my dream scenario would be, I mean, there's no dream scenario. I mean, it'd be funny if they lost, but then the Cowboys also lost, so they'd still get it, and my bet would hit. But regardless, it's just stupid that it's come down to this point, and uh, they should be ashamed of themselves. Here's, here's the only rebuttal that I'll give you. Like, going into this year, if you went into, like, they're 13-3. and three. <laughs> I know I made a good call. Like, I mean, on my pre on my on a preseason prediction show, I had them as the one seed. Yeah, it's uh, like it's. I obviously they've they've certainly they're doing this to themselves now. But at the same time, like I've been I've been sitting here thinking about it. it's like thirteen and three, man. Like at like like the fact that they that they they're still having to play like meaningful games at thirteen and three, trying to get like it's crazy. So it's been yeah, like it's it, it goes to show how like how few like really good teams there seem to be this year because all those really good teams are the ones that are like way up there at the top. Yeah, it it is just it is crazy how if two things happen, they'll be playing a road playoff game a week from Sunday. So yeah, against uh against Tampa Bay who looks like they're maybe starting to figure it out a little bit, which I don't like. <laughs> yeah, so little crazy, but I don't know. They'll probably figure it out. We'll see. Probably, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about the, the the expectations for the playoffs, but I mean, figure it out and yeah, still, that, yeah. still that, get that, it done for the story. Let's say. All right. Is Jack okay there? He has major sunburn um, from his trip, yeah, and he looked like he was attending to that. No, so I have really, really... I can't oh, I hear you, but sorry, I forgot my mic. Forgot I there had, was a microphone. But... I had really, really bad sunburn, like so awful, and now my back has just been disintegrating over the past couple of days. So I just sent you picked. I've been just like oh my scratching God. my. I've been scratching my back, and that's just all the skin that's just fallen off my back. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It looked like it snowed in your apartment. It just looks like a bunch of sawdust. Yeah. Wow. Skin. It's like so addicting once I get started feeling I, this. No, I know. But I, it's so much. It's my entire back that's just been constantly shedding the past two days. My gosh. Wow. I know this is bad, bad podcasting right here. But if you could see this, folks, I mean. I don't think they won't. It's kind of blurry. But yeah, that's, that's, yeah, there's, it's just all skin. 
that looks like the world's worst case of dandruff. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but even worse than what you're thinking. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess this is a good transition. Probably not, but I, w- let's just go roll with it anyway. To the Steelers, pretty much the opposite of the Eagles in terms of being. I, I mean, I'll let Jack have the first word. I, I, I have a few things to say, but I'll let Jack go first. Because, uh, again, in on par with his dedication, like he mentioned earlier, he was two hours ahead, stayed up till like one thirty watching this game. And, uh, yeah, tell us about it. What were you thinking? Well, I, I stayed up till, like, 3, consuming all the post-game and everything. Yeah, also, yeah. I, re- I realized during uh, Shref's Eagles rant that the Eagles lost to the Saints twenty to ten. The Steelers beat the Saints twenty to ten. Just I don't know. Yeah. That means the Steelers would beat the Eagles by even though they, the Eagles yes. beat us. Yeah. <laughs> Hypothetically, yes, you guys would win. Yeah. Um I don't even know where to start. I mean you know who to start with. Yeah, I mean there's only it's really all I want to talk about is Kenny. But the highlight of my two-week trip to Brazil is uh, the top two highlights are Kenny's game-winning drive and also Kenny's game-winning drive <laughs> from the past two games. What a trip. <laughs> so uh, many game-winning drives. Uh, I mean, we can start there with his, with his game-winning drive against the Ravens that, well, all night long, it was... Uh, the offense was rough, and of course, I'm going to blame Matt Canada. And going into the last drive, I shared it with Mitchell, and I don't think Shreff, but or maybe you saw it, Shreff. But there, Kenny, there was a video of Kenny that came out that he couldn't hear his uh his he couldn't hear him. Like, yeah, he couldn't hear the uh like whatever the audio in his helmet was messed up. Uh, which I kind of feel like he was just lying and didn't want to deal with Canada, and he constructed the entire him. final drive himself. So I'm going to go with that story. <laughs> um, but he had three uh, incredible plays on that last drive. Uh, the first one came at the Ravens' 30-ish. There was a little... I think there was two and a half minutes left. Um, Kyle Hamilton... Sorry, what'd you say? Yeah, sorry, I meant hour 30. You're right. Kyle Hamilton came at, uh, I think it was Hamilton, pressure from his uh, left. Kenny kind of spins out of it and uh, hits Fryermuth with a 20-yard pass. Um, The offense rushes up there to the 50 to beat the two-minute warning. And he, uh, he hits Steven Sims on an incredible ball right over Hamilton's fingers and like there were like two other defenders in the area as well. So that squeeze that in right before the two minute warning. What is it? It's really impressive about this. Like we started the drive with like three minutes left. We had all three of our timeouts, but we didn't need any of them. And like by the end, like the Ravens were the ones calling timeouts just of how quickly or how efficiently Kenny and the offense operated. Um, and then we all know the last one, the uh, the game winning play where Najee went on a wheel route, uh, 
Jason Pierre-Paul gets a hand on Kenny's shoulder, but Kenny shrugs him off and just hits Najee the, on the corner pile, front corner pile on. Um, just an all-around incredible drive, and it really makes you think. I mean, going back to what I said about Kenny allegedly not hearing Canada, or if that was the case, then like that's a huge sign. Canada's got to be gone if like. Offense has been stagnant all night, and Kenny just delivers that drive by himself. Or um, Canada is capable of calling uh, scoring drives, but just like doesn't like we lack so much urgency um, throughout the entirety of the game. We put up only field goals, three field goals until then. Um, now it could be attributed to our run game. Our run game has. Uh, Improved tremendously the second half of the season. Najee looks great. Jalen Warren still looks great. Um, and that leads to long, methodical drives that milk the clock. So it's not like our offense is, quote-unquote, designed to be efficient like that. Like a Patrick Mahomes Chiefs offense that just like can move the ball insanely quick. Like we are, our identity, if you want to call it, is running the ball. Um... However, you got to mix it up. Like, it only leads to three field goals. Like, passing the ball gets in the, is just another way to get in the end zone. And we haven't been able to get in the end zone for most of the game, these past two games, up until the last minute. So, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Canada should be fired after the season. Uh, Mitchell, what do you want to give us some input here? Well, I think that out of all the games this season, this was the most, like, my heart rate was probably the highest during this game. It it was, uh, it was intense. I wanted it so badly, uh, just to, just the fact that everything, I mean, we know the whole thing. We were two and six. Now we're eight and eight. The whole thing with just, that we needed for the past like two or three weeks, we've needed a couple things to go our way, but the dolphins losing to the Patriots, the Seahawks beating the jets, like all these things are happening. And like, if we didn't take care of business, it would be so deflating. I'd be like, and especially against the Ravens on Sunday night football, you know, it's a, it's a national audience, all the history, all these, you know, fantastic finishes and, there's so many that you could go back and, and, and think of, but I'm like, come on, like it has to happen. Like we have to get this done. And it did. And I, I just was so happy and so relieving that this happened. And I, I guess on Kenny, what I'd have to say is just leading that drive and getting that touchdown. Like when we couldn't generate anything all night was, it was thrilling. I mean, that's all you can say about it. And I think the, the clutch attribute that he has is something that is intangible. And I feel like you can't in a certain sense, like I feel like you either have it or you don't, you're built for the moment, but I guess it can be developed, but usually it's developed through experience. Uh, and like maybe going through a rookie season or a sophomore season, like going through these moments, but he seems to have it right away. And that's very encouraging 
Like, how many game-winning drives have, have we had this year? I mean, it's back-to-back and weeks. He, and he has been credited with four. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's just, I think that's really impressive. And it's something that, like, I, yeah, his numbers aren't quite there, but they're going to be coming. Uh, but this stuff, I feel like, is stuff I, you, you would expect out of him in year two and maybe even year three. Um, so to see it in year one, I'm very pleased. And, uh, just the fact that our playoff hopes are still alive. And I, again, it feel, it feels a little bit different than last year. I mean, last year we, I feel like we kind of, I mean, if things went our way and we had to win the last two games to get in, but you know, we played the chiefs and we're like, ah, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just kind of glad we made it here. I'm not really expecting much. Maybe it'll be different this year. Maybe it won't. But the fact that we've and like 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 Jack and I have said all year, it's not about the playoffs. It's about are we seeing encouraging signs, positive signs, and progress in the development of Kenny? And I think we've seen it, especially in the second half of the season. And uh, it feels good. I, I'm I'm really excited for you know the next couple weeks, and uh, even more so for next season too. Um, yeah, what you said about the stats that, like, that's what you can knock on him. That, I mean, I get an average game for him statistically is like 200 yards and maybe a touchdown pass. Um, and some work on the ground too. But to defend him, I would say that's a product of our offense. As I said, we're a run first team. I mean, we're not. We're just not throwing the ball downfield. I don't think that's limitation. Like because of Kenny's limitations, like he's shown he's capable of throwing big passes. He had, I can think of a couple, but I don't no need to list them. But like he can move the ball. It's just not what the not the philosophy of our offense, I guess. Which it's frustrating to watch. But um, hopefully we can open up more next year with or without Canada. Um, I think that's all I had to say. I thought there was something else, but I don't remember now hey, about Kenny. I mean, winning games, not turning the ball over, and showing in the big moments. Yeah, that's what what he's doing now to the fullest extent. That's all I can ask for at this moment. That's more than I can ask for in in in, in this moment. And uh, yeah, yards and touchdowns—they'll come. They're, they'll and- be there. Right. What I wanted to say about the season, the Steelers season in general, as you closed on, um, yeah, the focus wasn't isn't making the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl this year. It's developing our young guys. We have a very young offense, um, and looking forward to next year. But playoffs is still a possibility. I think, like probability wise what's like a 10% maybe but like in my head it's like 50%. I think they have us at uh 17%. Oh, okay. Um yeah, it's still a possibility going to week 18, so that's something I would like to hang my hat on. Um and I've said it a, a couple times throughout this year. But um just the injuries we've had. I know every team has injuries, which of course um Everyone can make this excuse, but we've had some key injuries that, like, I truly more than past seasons. Like, I feel like are directly affecting the outcomes of games. Like, 
I said, well, we had didn't have TJ Watt for the first half of the season, and he's been playing kind of injured the past, like whenever he has played. Um, he looked, he looked, he looked better though on Sunday night. He did, yeah. He had a good TFL, good sack in a clutch moment. Um, but if he plays, I'd say we win. So like one or two of the Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins games, all close ones. Um and then the another big one is when Kenny got hurt against our first game against the Ravens that I a hundred percent think we would have won if we had him. We lost by two and Mitch threw three horrible picks that two of them were in the red zone, another one in Ravens territory. So I mean if we don't have the like just get one of those games back and we're nine and or right now we're yeah, nine and seven. Like we're we may have even clinched because like those are against the Pats and the Dolphins and that's who we're fighting for for this last playoff spot. So um Yeah. It's it's encouraging to see that this year and like it is a rebuilding year. Like we don't have Super Bowl aspirations. So to get that out of this year is uh really, really encouraging. Kinda like maybe you can like and it's like what the Eagles did last year. They squeaked in the playoffs. Um I don't know if you I don't remember like what the mindset probably similar in just a rebuilding year. I guess it was, because that's when we started Eagles ran in the week. They weren't supposed to be the great. And, yeah, uh, I mean they're at that point they were uh, coming off of a what, four and thirteen four and twelve, four and thirteen season. So Yeah, four and twelve. Um Yeah. And they had a young quarterback in Hertz that they wanted to see what he had. So next year, Steelers going to go thirteen and three or what? I would say so. I think that's yeah. the only natural like progression of it, realistically. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's it's still so much fun to watch Kenny. I know. I sometimes <laughs> I, I just think it's like I just a get like a, I, I just get like a smile on my face. I don't, I don't know. Right. It's just and like it like that Najee throw is like I. Yeah, just a ridiculous like thought to even be like, oh, I'm gonna throw this, and not only to like decide to throw it, but then to put it like in the perfect spot at the perfect time, like just right. Yeah, just the like situationally, he's been unreal, and like you said, like the the game winning drives, like that, that's stuff that you like, stuff that you get with like experience in the league. You don't just like walk in and start doing that right off the bat. So, it. I mean, I know. Earlier on in the season, people were like wanting to see more. I don't, I don't know what else. I don't know what other like arguments you have anymore. If you're still on that side of things, yeah. The only argument, and I listened to a, a local Pittsburgh podcast. I'll shout them out. It's the North Shore Drive podcast. Cover all things Pittsburgh sports. It's writers from the Post Gazette um, that host it. And the the episode today was something like, "Is Kenny Pickett?" living up to the or is like is Kenny Pickett the franchise quarterback so like and like they agree they think he is but like there's some people that are legitimately not sold on him um I guess you can you can make the argument like just the stats is like the only argument you can really make is that he's not throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns like he only had only threw over 300 yards once hasn't had multiple passing touchdowns in a game just year two, I don't know, stepping stones. And um, it's a similar rookie season to what Ben had. And he has shown the clutch game-winning drive gene that Ben has shown throughout his whole career pretty much. So it's it's really encouraging to see 
all the similarities that we there are to Ben. Um, ben also said on his podcast today that he underestimated Kenny. Did you see that clip? No, I did not. He said, um, I can pull it up if I want to play it real quick, live on air. Uh, okay. But it's, it's just interesting that... Uh, We welcome in Ben Roethlisberger to the show. And I, can, I can say this. I wasn't sure what to expect with Kenny. I know he played great in, at, at Pitt and did a lot of great things. Coming in, I just wasn't sure what to think. I didn't know enough. Sure. And early on, I was kind of, okay, I think he'll be good. Like, I, I think he's, there's no problems. Mm. I think he's going to be what they're looking for. Um, I severely, in my opinion, underestimated Kenny. Mm. I think he, he throws the ball better than I thought. He runs way better than I thought. He's, I don't know if he's faster or just more elusive, but he runs the ball way better than I expected and thought. His decision-making's really, really good. Um, his leadership, his toughness, mm. um, just enough of, of an edge to him. You know, I, I apologize. Not that I made this, like, vocal to anybody else, but sure. in my own head or my own, what I was saying is, yeah. is, Kenny, keep doing what you're doing because you are, are, are leading this team and becoming the guy that they, I think, everyone was hoping you would be. And I, I think I think the sky's the limit for him. I'm a big man. There you have it. I mean, I, I I concur. So I guess we can uh, leave it at that. All right, time for the last segment of the show, as we always do. Sportsbook donation of the week. Allow me to recap how we did the previous week. Uh. I mean, going back to the game on Monday night, don't know what we were. Should we just disregard? I picked the Bills Bengals under. I so, forgot. should we just not? What are we going to do? Void it. Currently, that's a win. I mean, yeah, we're not going to. Yeah, I guess just void it. Yeah, I just, yeah, void. That's what I'm going to write there now. Um, okay. So I didn't really calculate our records, but if you want, you can void it, or you want to just give yourself a push. I don't know. Yeah, I, guess that's okay. I, I guess I'm just not gonna, same thing. I'm not, I'm not going to count it. Okay. So you guys can help me walk walk me through this because I'm not entirely sure myself, but I think I clinched. I mean, I don't know if play. I assume we're going to do like, when we do the playoffs, we're going to start over at zero and zero, right? Yeah, that's we did last year. I think it was different. Yeah. Well, you got to so, do clinch not being in last. We never thought of a punishment. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, but Treff pretty much clinched the. the uh, yeah, I think so. The last place. Ah, no, he didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. If uh, I go right, 0 and three, he goes three and zero. So here, here it is. Here it is. Last week, I had the Broncos plus twelve and a half against the Chiefs. As I expected, they actually kind of played a close game. They rallied behind the firing of Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, they covered that. I had the Cardinals plus three, and that uh, they covered as well. I think I for, they lost the game, right? Well, I don't even remember what happened in that game. Uh, yeah, the Falcons won on the last-second field goal. Because okay. the Falcons tweeted. You see the Falcons tweet after? Um, they tagged Ohio State and said, like, this is how you make a game-winning field goal in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Okay, yeah. Because, like, it's Georgia and Falcons are the same. Right. 
Yeah, okay. So the Falcons win by one. Cardinals covered the three. And then we just talked about my total, which we're going to count as a void. Uh, Jack had the Patriots minus three, and they only won by two. So yep. that that is a loss. However, he did have Jags minus four and a half, and they won very handily, 31-3 to three against the Texans. And uh, he also had the Carolina Bucks under 40 and a half, which was a total bust because they combined for 54. Shreff went two and one, though. He had the Chargers minus six and a half, uh, and they won by 21, so that was a very good call. Panthers plus three, which was looking good. Looked good the um, whole game. But in typical Shreff fashion, uh, it did not, not, not work out. It rarely does. Did have the Browns commanders under 40 and a half, and that they combined for 34. Yep. So Shreff, overall positive week for him, though. Take this it. brings our records. I'm in first, 23, 22, and 2. Impressive. Jack in second at 21 and 27. Which technically, how would we score that? Like if I went three and I mean again, it we're only it only it only matters who comes in last for the regular season. But if Jack went I guess that would still be me. If I went 0-3 and, and Jack went 3-0, and 0, I'd be 23-25-2, and 2, and Jack would be 24-27. and 27. So he'd have one more win than me, but I'd have t- two less losses than him, but also two pushes. I think, I think it should go by percentages. Yeah. Win percentage. Yeah. So that means Jack would get it. Right? He'd have Say your record again. Me. I'm 21 and 27. Say your record again. I'm I'm saying the records, assuming that like I went 0 and 3 and you went 3 and 0 this week. Uh, I'd I'd be 23, 25 and 2, and you'd be 24 and 27. So your percentage would be 47.9. Well, yeah, you'd have one more win than me. Oh, I I excluded your pushes, so like I did 23 divided by 48. Yeah, I, I mean, I think actually technically you would win. Uh, however, Shreff is at 19 and 29. That means he's two back of Jack. So that means Jack could drop to last. I can't drop to last. So I'm technically safe. Well, I have to go 0 and 3. Shreff has to go 3 and 0 for me to be in last. Well, if you go 2, if, if he picks up two games on you, you'll be tied. I don't know what we'll do for a tiebreaker. He's only two games behind me? Yes. Okay. Still here. Are we going to decide of a tiebreaker right now impromptu, or do we, do we want to think about it and kind of come back to it? Think about it. All right, we'll think about it. And we also think of a punishment, which Jack gypped us out of it last year with his intestinal issues. Um, Whatever that is. So, but uh, as a, he didn't accept the, the prize for the playoffs, so I guess we call it even there. So I won't bring it up. Sorry, sorry to uh, throw you under the bus. But this year, we're actually doing it. We're getting, we're, we're getting a prize for first and punishment for last. Sorry, Shref. You know, we know we didn't really solidify that until the last week of the yeah. season, but you know, it no offense, you kind of you kind of earned it if it is you. Oh, I, oh, I, I completely <laughs> deserve. All right, we will uh, we'll decide that, and we'll we'll let Hogline Nation know. Week eighteen, here we are. I am up. It's and a tough week. It's a tough week. 
it's a tough week, and I'm going to preface both my both my picks here, at least for the spreads, um, and my total too, that I'm staying away from games that are that will have either are meaningless or have potential resting of starters because I don't I don't know how to predict any of that stuff. It's going to be tough because I'm because because I'm thinking the same thing. So there might be a there might be a limited pool. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with, hmm, I have my pick I like the most, which I would normally pick first, but I don't think it's actually going to get picked, so I might risk it. I'm going to risk it. I'm going to save that one. My first pick, Steelers minus three. Two and a half. Uh, Steelers minus two and a half. (laughs) Uh, Steelers are really hot right now. We're playing for Tomlin's streak. We're playing for a playoff berth, a potential playoff berth. We need help. Uh, also, since 2007, which is when Mike Tomlin took over as the Steelers head coach, second best record against the spread against divisional opponents. The Browns is still the Browns. We're going to take care of business, win by at least a field goal, and at least keep up our end of the bargain in terms of st- keeping our playoff hopes alive. And however, However everything else plays out, uh, so be it. But we're going to finish with a winning record, and we're going to finish this uh, great second half of the season on a strong note. And I picked the Steelers. Did I pick them last? I didn't pick them last week. I picked them two weeks ago, and they, and they did cover for me. So, Jack, you are up. Was anyone going to uh, pick Steelers plus two and a half? I probably would have. Um, I'm going to go with Vikings minus seven and a half. Big spread. Uh, going against your boy. I know. Well, that's part of the reason why you could... Uh, Oh, take them because um, Justin Fields isn't playing. I mean, Kirk Cousins is like equally my boy. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, when the Vikings got blown out by the Cowboys earlier this season, they came, they responded by beating the Patriots by, by, I believe, eight or a touchdown. I think it was seven. Um, I think it'll play out similarly. They're still playing for. Um, better seating, uh, in the NFC. They, and the they don't. Have a shot in, they don't. I don't think they have shot the one seed. Yes, they do. Right? Because if if they win and the Eagles lose, they got the same record. and The Eagles beat them. What if the Forty ers win? And it's a three way tie. Um, then I don't know. Pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, I think if, I think if Philly. And Dallas both lose and San Fran wins. I'm pretty sure they get. I'm pretty sure they get one. Okay. Well, they have a shot. The one seed, regardless of playing for seeding, and they're just playing to pick up momentum after the crushing defeat of last week. So, and I mean the Bears are, well, they desperately want to lose as a franchise. I mean, like it, they could they could still get the first pick overall. I think if they, if they lose and the Texans win, so. They got that to lose for, and the Vikings got that to win for. So, eight points. Let's, let's make it happen, Kirk. 
Okay, Shreff, you are up. Yep. Um, go ahead. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the theme of uh, meaningful games. I am going to bet on Josh Dobbs. I'm taking the Titans plus six. Crap! That was my other one. Taking the Titans. I don't hate that pick at all. Um, I think I went with it. I should have. I may I may be there for this game. I may go. I think that I think the Titans Cowboys game, if you watch the full game, was closer than the score. Maybe not closer than the score appeared, but I think the Titans played better than the score appeared overall. I think Josh Dobbs, considering the fact that I, if I remember correctly, did he get picked up like midway through the week and then started? Very close, if not something like so. that. So like it's also like he, even with the limited amount of prep time, I thought he honestly played a pretty good game considering like what I expected out of him. Um, so I think another like a, like a full week of practice, getting some more reps under his belt, I think is going to help. Um, and I mean, like I said, this is an important game. This is uh, this is a legit win and get in situation. Um, so both teams, I'm assuming, are going to be bringing bringing their best. So I think for for a game like this, I think six points is too many. So also, start. you got to mention that they're getting Henry back. Henry didn't play last Derek week. Henry back. Derek Henry loves loves playing the Jags. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just Jeffrey it, Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons, he's, I think is he's also, back too. So getting seem like somewhat healthy at the right time, and I mean the overarching point is just for for a win and in like this, I, I feel like six points is too many. So can that? That's 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 pick one here. Dang it, Jeff! Um, you really stole it from me. I should have went. I should have went with my gut. I should have went right there and did it immediately. That was my first pick, so I was gonna be very upset if that one got taken because I like. I wanted to get one of these like meaningful game bets in here. Oh man, I haven't even really looked. I'm I'm gonna go another spread here. I'm gonna do. I was very much looking at Vikings, Jack. So you so you did kind of take that one from me a little bit. While um, Shreff's thinking, uh, Jack, does your other podcasts know that you are on t- Titans plus six? They don't yet, but they will. Uh oh. I mean, I'm still gonna if I go. And regardless of it or not, I'm still going to root for the Jags to win. And like, I don't really care about the the spread. I'd rather have I'd rather have the Jags win, but I just don't. Th- I think the Titans will cover at least. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I could see them definitely covering. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little risky here. I I think this I think this pick is one that might not be the popular one. I think they are getting. Very good at the perfect time. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Packers to cover four and a half. I'm going to do it. Sunday night primetime game in Green Bay. Packers seem to be somewhat... Jair Alexander's been playing like out of his mind. So assuming that they play it the way I think they'll play it, I'm assuming they'll throw him on Amon Ra. I think that that's certainly helpful. Um... Yeah, this this Packers team, I think, is just kind of figuring out the right time. And I like we were all kind of waiting for it. I feel like like I don't know, like Lafleur is still a good coach. Rodgers is still a good quarterback. Like, and I think all, if I remember correctly, I believe the Lions beat the Packers in their last yeah. matchup. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think Rodgers wants revenge. I think this is. I mean, we've seen it a bunch of times, especially when it comes to like these divisional games. Whenever these divisional games mean a little bit more. That seems to be when he just shows up every single time. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna trust kind of uh, how history has gone down with these types of games with Rodgers. So Packers minus four and a half. I know it, it's a risky one. All right, fair enough. Uh, Jack is up. I feel like I had something to say, but go ahead. I forgot it. I'm going to go with Cowboys Commanders over 40 and a half. Okay. And the past, this is the, the Cowboys past points they put up past few weeks, 27, 40, 34, 27, 54, 28, 40, 28, 28, 49. They haven't put up less than 20. They put up 27 or more points since October 23rd. So let's just say the minimum they scored 27. Commanders got to score two touchdowns. Uh, they're benching Wentz, so that helps them. Heineke's starting. Such so, so no, weird. Not Sam Howell. Sam Howell. No, no, I think they're they're starting Heineke, but Howell will get reps. It's all it's all Sam Howell. I, I believe sure? as of today. I believe as of today that they said it's all Howell. The report I saw was Heineke's going to start, but Howell will get reps at some point. Um, yeah. On. Ron Rivera announces rookie Sam Howell is the starting quarterback for the season finale against Dallas. That could change it then. I don't know why I saw a report that said that what I thought. It was an it was an initial that was the initial report, but the then initial report. a couple um, hours later. Speaking of that, can we can we talk about his uh his press conference after the game? Ron Rivera, yeah. So weird. I I really don't think he realized. He didn't. I don't hate it. Like I uh, think coaches just a lot of them. It's a smart mindset, just like to not worry about other games, just focus on winning yours, which clearly he failed to do that. Anyway, started Carson Wentz. <laughs> but regardless, like you still know what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just weird. I don't know why. Like, why go with Wentz? Like, it makes no sense. After all that, like I understand that like Heineke's Heineke's like shine has kind of like worn off the last couple weeks, but like a little. But like they all love him so. Like he his record. Well, they, they love him, and it's also like it's gotten to. I mean, how many weeks straight has he started? Like you, you're basically you're you're completely changed. Like for especially for like your receivers and stuff. Like you are completely abandoning everything that's that they've been learning and going through the last however many weeks. Like it obviously it wasn't going to work, and especially with some like with someone like Wentz. Like he it was. I feel like we all we all knew going into that game what was going to happen, and it, it's what happened. <laughs> um, I'm going to pivot off that pick then because I didn't know that report how going to play the whole game. Uh, so I'm going to change mine for this pick to uh, the Panthers plus three and a half. Uh, I know it's a meaningless game, but Panthers players, they're it's still auditioning for next year despite it being meaningless. I mean, same with the Saints too. Like they're. Those players are going to come out and play hard, but Steve Wilkes too, I'd say. Yeah, the coaching. Um, I was. I want to bring it up next. Like he's coaching for a, or coaching for a potential head coach job next year with the Panthers. Dennis Allen's a little more secure. Um, 
I mean, Darnold's playing for something. Andy Dalton's playing for a little less, I'd say. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the Panthers, for based on like what happened this season, they they have more to play for, I think, like morally or morale wise or whatever you want to call it. So I like them plus. Yeah, I don't know. Morally was wrong, but I like them plus three and a half. I think they could win, and I like the field goal cushion there. So again, Shref took my pick. Uh, while I'm thinking about another one, allow me to uh, share some of my reasoning for it. So I'll back Shref's uh, selection up here. Titans, like we, you guys mentioned, getting healthy. Uh, that's a big one. They're still ninth against the spread this year, and they're eighth against the spread in divisional games in Mike Vrabel's tenure. Uh, and I just think. I don't know. They they are I think people are forgetting. I know they're on a big slide here, but it's still Mike Vrabel. We were talking about this guy as a top three coach in the league a month ago. So I don't know. Also, I do think Josh Dobbs definitely offers more than Malik Willis at this point. Like he's I don't think I think Malik Willis is just so deficient as a passer that it just I don't think you can win a pass you can win a football game with him at this point. Isn't so, it crazy that like some mock drafts had him going two overall of the Lions? Yeah, yeah. It it's been like it's been like alarming. Like like they like like watching him play like that at offense. Like they they physically just like can't throw the ball. Yeah. So, but regardless, I do think that's a good pick. So that's that's why I was on it as well. Uh, but I'm going to pivot here, and I'm going to contradict myself what I said at the beginning of this segment. I'm going to a game that, well, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but we already talked about it. It's uh, I'm going with Giants plus 14. Just, just based on the fact that Eagles haven't looked good. And, I mean, the Giants may rest their starters, but if they don't, which Dable said earlier in the week that he wouldn't, they're, I mean... I think if they play their starters, it's an absolute no-brainer. Like the line should be probably eight points or something like that if they if it was with their starters against Minshew. But I'm just gonna roll with it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the Eagles can win by 14 right now if uh, Minshew's in there and with a couple other injuries that they have. So I don't know. I don't have high hopes for it, but let's just let's just see if it works. I think starters against Minshew, I, I think it's even like a six-point spread. And home? It's at home for the Eagles. Yeah, I know. So I'm saying, like, I feel yeah, like even like, with that. I still think so. I mean, how yeah, the teams are trending right now. And if, like, and if we're going to take Dable at face value, then, like, they might just have all their players going. So if that's the case, then who knows? Yeah, and then that that's what I'm banking on. Banking on the the discount there and hey, the sports books always know. So, even if it yeah. I'm sure it'll be close to 14 even if the reserves are out there. So, sure. we'll see. My total pick though is going to be uh Minnesota and Chicago. Uh I'm going with the over. So, I usually have gone with uh unders throughout the season, but I'm going with over 43 and a half in this game. I know it's Nate Peterman uh but Minnesota's offense has been pretty prolific for the most part throughout the year, aside from a couple dud games. Um, 
the Vikings games are first to the over this year and Chicago's games are third to the over this year. Uh, we're looking at two defenses that aren't, especially the Bears, that aren't formidable. The Vikings allowed the 20th most rush yard this year, and in the past three games, they're 27th uh, against the run in rush yards allowed. And uh, Chicago's definitely going to want to run the ball with Montgomery and Herbert, so they could potentially be good options this week. And I just think there's going to be points. I think 43.5 is a little too low, and uh, I still think it's going to be points are going to be had, especially because I couldn't. I was going to quickly search to see if the Vikings have the number one seed to play for. Regardless, I still think they're going to put up points. I think they're going to want to, like Jack said earlier, build momentum for the playoffs after that yeah. bad loss to Green Bay. So, yeah, we'll see how an over treats me. Uh, it's uh, few and far between on my end, but we will see. Uh, Jack is up. Radio silence. Yeah, I'm thinking. Mm. The Chargers have they they have nothing to play for? Is it maybe they're playing for a five seed? Um, I think they have the same record as the Ravens, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, that's what I, that's the team that I think they might be battling it out. I'm not 100 percent sure though. I'm thinking just going the stable Broncos under, but maybe they're kind of a different team now. Yeah, that I think that um, I think that trend is is dead. Um. Well, you know what? I'll go with the trend. Oof. Ooh. It's kind of low. The trend of you know, Mitchell went to the bathroom. It's a shame he couldn't help me out here because I know he knows a bunch of trends. Um, but I'm. It's a very. I, he may have even said it last podcast, but but um, teams that are just spreads that are double digit, or it's like twelve or more. Mm. Um, the under hits at like a really really good rate, and the only game that's twelve or more. Oh, we got two games that are twelve or more. We have the Cardinals and Niners are for, to spread of 14, and so are the Eagles-Giants are spread of 14. Hmm. Which under you know which one do I, I go? No, which one I would take. Um, I'll go with the Eagles-Giants. Ooh, that's not the one I would have taken. The, Maybe that's a good thing, considering my record. So That could be a good thing. Deciding factor is honestly just that they have a higher total. So they're forty under I'm gonna go under forty two and a half in that. And um yeah, the other one's forty and a half. But I guess think about it logically, maybe it's just a uh I don't know, ugly game, divisional. Eagles could be kinda nervous. Mitchell. Yeah. So I I went with under in Eagles Giants. Um, you may have even said this trend last episode, but I'd reference the trend that spreads that I think are 12 or more. The under hits at like a really high rate. Is that correct? Well, at least the one I was following earlier in the season was just double digit spreads. Yeah. I, I heard it from you. I heard from something recently that 
spreads at 12 or more, like the under hits at like 70%. That's the thing, though. That's another reason why I like the Giants plus 14. When when the total's at like 43 or below or something like that, I don't have any numbers to back this up, but I, I feel like it tends to lean towards the underdog in that point. Like if there's not many points... That are going to be scored. Yes, I agree with you. Mitchell cut out. Mitchell gone. Ball finishes up in a sentence. Yeah, there's not many points, theoretically, that will be scored, according to Vegas, then just stick to the team that are given a lot of points to. It makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. I'll pick. Let's draft you up. There are three unders that I'm looking at right now that all are very enticing to me. I got kicked out. Mitchell, I finished your sentence. Okay. So don't even, you don't need to continue. Shref, you're up. Thank you. There's three very similar unders right now that I'm looking at, and I just don't know which one I want to go with. Um, let's go with a weird one, just to have some fun at the end of the season. Why, why not? I'm going to take the under in the Texans-Colts game, 38 and a half. I, I was actually thinking about taking the over in that one. Really? I'm, I'm going under. I'm just, I, I just... Like, I this is one I'm, I'm. I know the Texans don't want to win, and I guess the Colts don't want to win. So neither of these teams want to win. Um, I believe it's Ellinger playing. Um, this week, that doesn't change anything in my opinion uh, about anything. Um, the Texans are the Texans. Uh, been frisky, but I don't know if it's possible to be frisky against a bad team. Um, so yeah, I think this is just going to be a bad game, and. You know, if they if they end up scoring a bunch of points, good for them. But I just like I don't see enough playmakers on either side to do that at a high rate. So if it goes over, it goes over. I'll you know I've I've been I've been hit with this numerous times this year, so it wouldn't be a shock in any way way shape or form. But bad teams under no points. Okay, fair enough. There you have it, folks. So our selections here today. Uh, I picked the Steelers minus two and a half, the Giants plus 14, and the Vikings Bears over 43 and a half. Jack picked the Vikings minus seven and a half, Panthers plus three and a half, and the Giants Eagles under 43 and a half. And Shreff picked the, uh, excuse me, Titans plus six, Packers minus four and a half, and the Texans Colts under 38 and a half. That is week 18. We will see how it shakes out. We're going to decide a punishment off air for either Jack or Shref to do. And then from there, we'll be looking at playoffs, folks. It is going by in the blink of an eye. And uh, I just, it just feels like, I don't know. To me, it feels like yesterday we were previewing the, the Bengals-Rams Super Bowl. That does not oh. seem like that was very long ago. But uh, we are approaching another Super Bowl, so it feels yeah. It feels to me. It feels like we were. I was just setting the line for if we'd see Jack's Mahomes on the broadcast. Wow, yeah, that was two years ago. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was so long ago. No, was but yeah, three? you're right. No, no, no. It was two years ago. It was the uh, Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. But still, like you said, that doesn't even seem like that long ago. Even though it was almost two years ago at this point, so. Yeah, crazy stuff. Um, and as we said at the beginning of the show, prayers out to Damar, and uh, we're all thinking about you and praying for you. So have a good week, folks. Uh, 
be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast. And um, yeah, we will we'll see you next week, folks. Go football. See you. Alts, prayers, Matt Stairs, County Fairs, Grizzly Bears, Kevin Ware, Armpit Hair, Evil Lairs, Nightmares, Prickly Pears, Tender Care, Chocolate Eclairs, Juan Pierre, Solitaire, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Who cares? <laughs>